Hey, my friends, we will be right back to the show, but I have a question for you. Are you struggling with the impact of childhood trauma? Well, know that you're not alone. I'm here to let you know that I'm starting a brand new weekly coaching group that includes a year of life coaching, accountability, support, habit and goal setting, and more. I'm starting a waitlist for the group right now, and I'm only taking a handful of people. And I'll let you know that through this personalized coaching, we'll work together to help you understand how your childhood trauma has shaped your beliefs, behaviors, emotions, and will help you create a roadmap for healing and growth. Right now, you can schedule an absolutely free coaching session with me and get put on the wait list if you go to thinkunbroken.com. My friends, it's your time to turn your trauma into triumph, breakdowns into breakthroughs, and become the hero of your own story. And I'm here to support you in doing that. Just go to thinkunbroken.com to register for a free coaching call with me and to get put on the wait list for the brand new weekly coaching program. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey, my friends, we will be right back to the show, but I have a question for you. Are you struggling with the impact of childhood trauma? Well, know that you're not alone. I'm here to let you know that I'm starting a brand new weekly coaching group that includes a year of live coaching, accountability, support, habit and goal setting, and more. I'm starting a waitlist for the group right now, and I'm only taking a handful of people. And I'll let you know that through this personalized coaching, we'll work together to help you understand how your childhood trauma has shaped your beliefs, behaviors, emotions, and will help you create a roadmap for healing and growth. Right now, you can schedule an absolutely free coaching session with me and get put on the wait list if you go to thinkunbroken.com. My friends, it's your time to turn your trauma into triumph, breakdowns into breakthroughs, and become the hero of your own story. And I'm here to support you in doing that. Just go to thinkunbroken.com to register for a free coaching call with me and to get put on the wait list for the brand new weekly coaching program. Have you been in a narcissistic or abusive relationship and gotten out or been stuck in it? Or maybe you're there now and you're trying to figure out what's next in your life. What's up, Unbroken Nation? Hope that you're doing well wherever you are in the world today. Very excited to be back with another episode today with my friend, Carrie Putrich, who is a master relationships coach. And I know at first that title might seem a bit odd until you understand that I do believe that Carrie is a master of relationships. Like like many of us, she's grown up in an incredibly traumatic and abusive household, fell into narcissistic and abusive relationships, and then through doing the work and creating her own program, she's now helping coach others through having a love and play-filled relationship. I love this conversation. I'm going to be honest with you because I, I was asking a lot of personal questions in this so I can 
have a better understanding because as someone who's been through trauma and abuse, which if you understand this, love, relationships, intimacy, fun, play, conflict, conversation can be very difficult for us. And Carrie lays out not only her journey, but a lot of the tools that have been beneficial and helped her throughout her journey to be able to be where she is, to have now her relationship, her husband, her rock and love of her life. And I found this episode to be very powerful for me because I'm always thinking about understanding the impact of our past, how we do not have to be that story, how we don't have to live in that box that's planted around us, and how when we go into the world with the goal of creating what we want or who we want, that we can manifest it and bring it to fruition. And this episode, I had a ton of fun, and there's a lot of laughs in here. And without further ado, let's get into the show. Hey, what's up, Unbroken Nation? Welcome to the Think Unbroken podcast. I'm your host, Michael Unbroken, and this podcast is about helping trauma survivors let go of the past, overcome their fear, discover their identity, become the hero of their own story, and ultimately to be unbroken. Our goal in company is to bring on guests and experts in the fields of mental, physical, and psychological health to help you overcome the past, to take back your power. And in this podcast, we are unedited and unfiltered, and we're going to give it to you real so that you can start to create massive change in your life. If you're curious about learning more outside the podcast, you can get a free copy of my book, Think Unbroken, at book.thinkunbroken.com. That's book.thinkunbroken.com, where you can get a copy of my number one bestselling book, Think Unbroken, Understanding and Overcoming Childhood Trauma. The most important thing that you can ever do, my friends, is show up for yourself, and that's where you are today, and I appreciate you. I have massive gratitude for you, and without further ado, let's get into the show. Hey, what's up, Unbroken Nation? Hope that you're doing well wherever you are in the world today. Very excited to be back with you with another episode with my friend, Master Relationship Coach, Carrie Truch. Carrie, my friend, how are you? What is happening in your world today? Uh, thank you for having me here. What's happening in my world today is I'm on the show with you. <laughs> I'm very excited to have you. I promise you the pleasure is all mine. For those who don't know you, tell us a little bit about you and how you got to where you are today. Well, it's a, it's a really wonderful story in the end, but it's not so wonderful in the beginning. Um, I had a mother who suffered from a severe mental illness. So my world when I was a little kid was different than most people's world. And that is that I was raised as a small child thinking that I didn't see what I saw and I didn't hear what I heard because my mother saw things and heard things that weren't there. So it was habit for me to be awakened at two o'clock in the morning to kill bugs on the walls that weren't there. Um, to answer people that were talking to her, having conversations with her that I couldn't hear. So um, along with that, I had severe mental, emotional, and physical abuse. Um, I would be hit when um, my mother didn't understand that that person wasn't there, or if I couldn't answer the questions that the people that weren't there were asking. Um, so it was, it was a very, very traumatic uh, early childhood and um, continued on later in my childhood years 
I didn't have an understanding of what a re real relationship was or what reality was. And because I didn't see what she saw and she was my primary caregiver, I thought that there was something wrong with me. And I had a, an early childhood of being yelled at and told I was things and called things that I had no concept of what those things were. Um, so I knew uh, names for very bad names for women when I was very, very young, though I didn't know what they meant. As I got older and understood what they meant, I took that on and really believed that. Um, early childhood, whoever your primary caregiver is, you believe what they tell you because that's, they're, the, they're your link to reality. When I got into school, I didn't understand about relationships. And since I didn't understand, and I saw that the kids thought different things and did different things and had a different relationship with each other, with the teachers, um, my answer to that was to completely, totally withdraw. And I wouldn't talk in school. It would just hide and be by myself. I did that and watched other people's relationships. I watched very carefully how they treated each other. Did they treat each other well? Did they treat each other poorly? I, I spent a lot of time observing. Um, I was uh, bullied severely in school because I didn't, you know, wear what they wore. I didn't act like they acted and I wouldn't fight for myself. I didn't know how to defend myself. Um, sometimes kids get into uh, anger and they fight. Um, all, what I did was disappear. I thought the best answer was to disappear. Um, I battled as a teenager with thoughts of suicide and um, didn't really want to be there, couldn't handle all that, that the world was giving me. and. Um, then this young man came into my life and uh, he was a very good looking guy. And I thought, I'm ugly, I'm unworthy. Why would he wanna go out with me? Okay, I'll go out with him. And what ensued was control. And I did not understand that, of course, a lot of teenagers don't understand that you're given a box when you're a kid and that box carries on to your teenage relationships and adult relationships. And so because I had led a life of being severely physically, mentally, and emotionally abused, I chose an abuser. When I chose that person, his MO was to control me and everything that I did. And so I moved into that relationship and he said jump and I said how high. And the more control I gave him over my life, the more he took. And it got to the point where I couldn't do or say anything that was pleasing. And my survival technique was to eventually withdraw again, complete be completely quiet and to do everything he said. And I had this feeling like in order to be worthy of him, that I needed to be perfect. So I got it into my mind that perfection was 
was what I needed to be. And that didn't really work either. Um, this man had control over all of my finances. He, I was not allowed to have a credit card. I was not allowed to have um, any, any checkbook. I was handed cash to go to the grocery store. Uh, and if I left the house, um, you know, I was interrogated about where I was and what I was doing and things like that. And if I didn't have the right answers, there was a consequence. Um, I absolutely hated the invention of the cell phone <laughs> because not only was I answerable then, but I would get called 10 times a day asking what I was doing, where I was. So even more control happened. So I really hated the cell phone. <laughs> and, um, so one day we were at an event and he said to me, I, somebody asked me a question, I answered the question, and he said, shut that up, you don't know what you're talking about in front of everyone. And a woman from Texas grabbed a hold of my arm and said, let's go to the bathroom. And she stood there in the bathroom and she said to me, whatever you do, you need to get out. Go to Texas and get out. Because we don't put up with that in Texas. So I eventually got it took me 10 years and i eventually got to texas and once i got to texas in texas you have to be a resident for nine months before you can file for a divorce and nine months and one day after we got to texas i fled and i and i went to go file um but my ex-husband filed first so that's how i got to this new life and to start discovering and healing and becoming who and what I always was supposed to be. It's such a powerful story. And I, I resonate with a lot of what you said because growing up and being in an abusive household, having a incredibly mentally, emotionally abusive mother led me to seek toxic relationships as a teen and in my early 20s. And a byproduct of that was just the verbal violence of it all, right? Back and forth on both sides. Because trust me, I always tell people, you know, I certainly played my role in those relationships as well. And, and there's a, a turning point that I believe happens for people when they're willing to finally, like, look at this life of abuse and say, wow, this has been happening since I was a kid. I'm continuing it. I'm in it. I'm enmeshed in it. We're, we're groomed into it, right, to a very large extent where we go, this is what we expect to have. This is what we believe we deserve. And there's not until that moment. I think often it is, unfortunately, someone coming along and saying, hey, wait a second, maybe have you thought about this thing? And that's kind of what it was for me as well as a friend set me down one day. He's like, dude, you are a nightmare. What are you doing? Like, look at this. And, and, and it was like going through this process of therapy and looking at the women I was dating and being like, right. oh, I'm dating my mother again and again and again. So yeah. really this interesting thing that happens, but there's like, you have to decide to change the pattern, right? Talk to yes. me about that process. Because anyone could have come up to you on any given day and be like, hey, here is the opportunity for what's next. And you could easily decline that, which perhaps you may have before, because I know I certainly have. 
but how do you how do you decide to change that pattern? How do you really start to to go into what's next? Well, how I decided one, I knew I knew what I didn't want. I knew what I'd been through, and I knew what I didn't want. And I knew I acknowledged that I needed help. You know, it, it, I was not going to do it by myself. I needed help, and I needed to go to the people that could help me. So I went for therapy. I had a, a therapist. I went for therapy. And I had been through a lot of therapy in my life. You know, the environment didn't change, so I didn't benefit from what I got. But I went on a search because I had a new friend who now is my best friend and has been my best friend for like 10 years. And I went on a new search and that best friend said to interview my therapists. And what I wanted is a therapist that would tell me the truth always and come back at me and not co-sign my BS, basically. So, and of course I lied to myself all the time. I, I was honest with everybody else, but I lied to me about me all the time because I couldn't face how I felt about me. So I found a great therapist and she did. She, <laughs> and I allowed her to. So I, I, I did what she told me to do. I did the healing work that she told me to do. I read the book she told me to do. I, I went to groups that she told me to go to. I did everything that I needed to do to heal and to become the person I was always supposed to be. Um, and it's work. It's a lot of work, And but I was willing to do it. I, because here was the thing. I wanted to have that inner peace. I wanted to have that spiritual connection and the spiritual healing. I didn't want money. I didn't want fame. I didn't want any of that. I wanted to be okay with me and love me. And then the next goal was to be able to love myself enough and allow someone who was loving and kind and wonderful into my life. After I got to there, that's when I found my husband, Ray. And he yeah. is my rock and the love of my life. Wow, that's really beautiful. And congratulations. You know, it's, it's such a testament to this idea about this willingness to take action and what can happen in your life if you do. But I, I fear, and I do know this to be true because I have people reach out to me quite frequently who are in circumstances like this, whether male or female or however you identify. And, and my thought process is like, look, you can ask for help all day long, but unless you're willing to take massive action, like it's, it's almost a fruitless endeavor. And I think that there is these layers, right? Tremendous amount of fear, tremendous amount of, of guilt and shame and all the other things mm -hmm. that come along with that because you've just been embedded and ingrained and, and, and to some point hypnotized, right? Into this idea that you are this person and you need this other person because without them, you're not you. And you know, that whole really mind fuck that happens in this process. Absolutely. How did someone, so I'm, I'm thinking about this. I'm putting myself in, in someone else's shoes at the moment going, okay, if I'm, say I'm married and I have children, whether I'm male or female, I think it's regardless, right? But I'm, I'm in this position where this is everything that I know. But mm -hmm. I know that this thing that I know is dangerous. I know that there's a potential this could be the end of my life or my child's life. Like, what does someone do with, with taking the willingness to take the action? Like, how do you, how do you like wrap your head around? Like, you have to like do the thing. 
I had to become humble and I had to be willing to believe that I don't know. I don't know the answers. I, I don't know the solutions. I, I have to be humble. And, and you know, it's really difficult to tell someone who's in that big pile of crap that they need to be humble because you think, well, I'm the abused one. I'm the one who is being hurt. I, I, and, and a lot of people take ownership of that. And what my therapist helped me to understand was that my ego was still wrapped up in it. I was co-signing it. I was be, being the victim. I was playing the victim. I was deciding that, well, you know, you should feel sorry for me or you should have pity for me because I am a victim. Today, I was a victim, but I'm not a victim today. And I don't have to be a victim today. And when you realize that, that you have the power to change that, you have the absolute power to get help and to change that, and you don't have to stay there. Make a choice. You have to make the choice. And that's really bottom line, is to decide that you're either going to stay in the shit and play the victim and be the victim and identify as that, or you're going to change and you're going to know that you were a victim, but now you can be who you are. I love that. And, and I, I think that you're spot on. And I think the probably the most unfortunate part about what you just said is like, you're going to have to look in the mirror and get real comfortable with the idea that to some extent you're in this because of your choices. And, and that's hard and it's fucking uncomfortable and it's unfair. And, you know, I go look back at, at the relationships I've, I've been in that were these incredibly toxic, hard things that just, they would suck the life out of me. Right. And it would just be like, keep showing up, keep showing up, keep showing up. And again, this is not to say I wasn't guilty in this because I promised you I was, but it, <laughs> it was like, now I look back and I, I reflect on, I go, what the fuck was wrong with me? Why would I ever do that? And then you realize like the truth coming back to where you started this, like the thing that I realized was quote unquote wrong with me was like, oh, this is the only thing I've ever known about what it means to have companionship, to have love, to have connection, to have intimacy. Right. It was violence. It was screaming. It was yelling. It was pain. It was suffering. It was ramifications. It was getting called 35 times a day. I have dated someone who did that to me and just being like, I guess this is normal. And, and going through that whole thing and looking on it, looking at it in retrospect, and of course, hindsight 2020, right? But, but sitting here and going, I was set up for this. This is what I inevitably was yes. going to fall into because of all of the experiences of my past. And I think that one of the most important things, at least in my thought, that people need to be able to do is deploy grace for themselves in this process. Because you're like, holy shit, you're gonna learn something about yourself you've never understood. And, and I'm wondering if that held true in your journey as well, in which you had to just deploy a tremendous amount of grace for yourself. Well, absolutely. If you'll give me just a little leeway, I'll tell you a tiny little story. Right. And it was told to me when I was trying to understand. I kept saying, why, 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 why? Why do I keep making these choices? And this wonderful person said to me, you know, you live in a pile of shit. That's what you live in. And you know the pile of shit. 
it stinks, it's nasty, but you're familiar with it. You know what that pile of shit is. And then some wonderful person comes along and says, do you see the flowers over there? If you just climb out of the pile of shit, there are flowers over there and there's ice cream and just, just get out of the pile of shit. And what I did was say, no, I, I, I can't get out of the pile of shit because I know the pile of shit. It stinks, it's nasty, but I know the pile of shit. I don't know those flowers. I don't know all of that chocolate and fun and, and freedom. And, and I don't know and understand that. That's frightening to me. What I know is the pile of shit. And she said, as long as you believe that it's okay to be in that pile of shit, you're never going to climb out of that pile of shit to go to the flowers, the chocolate, the wonderful feelings, the freedom, the love, the care, the spiritual connection, as long as you believe that it's okay to be in there. So I had to change my belief. We'll be right back to the show. But before we do, I'm going to take a moment and tell you about my new book, Unbroken Man, a man's guide to being the hero of their own story. I sat down a few months ago and realized that there are so many men in the world that need guidance, that need support, that need to learn about trauma, removing themselves from toxic masculinity, breaking down the barriers to vulnerability, getting unstuck, and ultimately learning the tools to become the hero of their own story. Unbroken Man is available for pre-order right now if you go to men.thinkunbroken.com where you'll also get access to over $1,000 in bonuses, including the six-week in-depth trauma healing coaching app, which you'll get instant access to. I created Unbroken Man to be accessible to everyone around the world, but it is written for men from the guise of a man, and I hope that you will find it to be a practical tool on your healing journey in the same way that thousands of men around the world have. So check out men.com thinkunbroken.com to pre-order and until next time be unbroken and that in its right own right i really truly believe just is a process of just doing it every single day day in and day out and i'm sure like me you probably screwed up more times than you can count trying to get to where you are today but, yes <laughs> but you're right you know on the back side of it there is this beauty there, like it really is i know especially if you're like in the fucking moment you're like that doesn't feel plausible there's no way this is so anxiety provoking and depressing and anxious and like everything feels like it's upside down and then you get to the other side of it and you go wow life is really really beautiful over here and and you said something that i want to i want to move back to because i think it's really important is you talked about this idea of like giving yourself permission to go and find what you wanted and end up having this partner who's now your rock, your husband, your, your, your companion mm -hmm. for people who let, let's kind of lay this out and for chronological, for lack of a better term, a chronological way, chronological way, geez, if I get the damn word out, talk to me about like this process from, okay, you're going through therapy, you're doing the work, you're reading the books, you're showing up, you're in the groups, you're doing all this to, mm -hmm. all right, put myself in a position to go and seek what I want. What was that transition like? Well, the transition was that my therapist graduated me. Never seen anything like that before in my life. And she says, it's time for you to fly. You're good. You're, you're doing great. You know what you need to do to maintain. You're doing great. And she, and she said, now, before you leave, I want to teach you 
about manifesting that person that you want in your life so much. And so she taught me how to make a list. And it wasn't a list of someone who had money and it wasn't a list of someone who liked the same music I did. The list was a values list. What do I want? I want someone who has integrity. I want someone who values me and loves me. I want someone that thinks that I'm the best thing that ever happened to them and that he and that I think is the best thing that ever happened to me. So that list was was fairly long of, of what I wanted. You know, not things, not not um, you know, it didn't have to always be right or whatever. You know, it, it he needed to be someone that shared the same values as me, the things that I valued the most. And and I went through a whole stage of discovering what my values are. So when I met Ray, he we started dating and it was slow and he brought me over to his home to see his home. And I needed to go to the restroom and I had made a list, a manifest list of who I wanted. And I put it up by my mirror and I looked at it and said it out loud every day. Well, I met him and I started dating him. I went to his restroom and on his mirror by um, his sink was a manifest list in it with a list of values that he wanted in the person that he wanted in his life. And it was the same list that I had. And what was amazing about that list is it was dated just like mine and we wrote it on the same day. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> holy crap. I, you know, I think about stuff like that all the time and it's like, we truly do have the power to create everything that we want in our life. We have the ability to move towards joy and happiness and fulfillment and fun and all of those things. And, and I think that when people kind of transition into this and they find someone, the, the thought is, especially if it's the first time you're understanding this, and this was an experience that I went to, was going to, oh, this is too good to be true. And, and thinking about this idea like, oh, no, the, the other shoe's going to drop eventually. We're going to be back to all of the chaos that I once knew. And there's something about that clarity that you just laid out about having that list, about having alignment of values so you don't have a collision of values, about creating and building a bond around joy and happiness and love and companionship as opposed to trauma and pain and suffering and all of those things, right? And it's not that we won't be in symbiosis with each other's stories and narratives and experiences because mm -hmm. I think that's part of human connection. But, you know, there, there's something to be said about the enjoyment of it all. And, and as you've kind of transitioned your own personal life and are in this position of, of being a, a master relationship coach, which I think is really beautiful, what do you think is like the, the area in which people, they, they start to get in these new relationships, they're seeking love, they're, they're maybe even in alignment of values, but how do, you, how do you maintain that? Like, how do you grow that? How do you cultivate and build that to be something not only long-term, but, but impactful and powerful in your life? Well, the number one thing that I tell couples is that you're going to read anything that you want to read. You're going to hear what people tell you about how your relationship needs to look like. The truth is you and your partner are the only ones that know how your relationship is supposed to look. 
You are the ones that make the decisions and the choices about how you communicate with each other. That people can tell you what to do, but you need to decide together how you want to live your life. And if you want to stop all the stress and you want to stop all the arguing and you want to stop all the, the blame game and all that stuff, it's real simple. It really boils down to one thing. Let go of your need to be right. <laughs> Let it go. That need to be right gets you in arguments over stress, money, sex, kids, blah, blah, blah. All those things, that's all true. They're all stressors. But the arguments start because one or both of you need to be right. You don't have to be right. If someone disagrees with, me, with you, the most wonderful thing you can say is, that's interesting. Tell me some more. Tell me more. It's so easy. It's not easy to be in a relationship. And I will tell you, if you don't have conflict between the two of you, then you really are in trouble. Which is for someone who has been in an abusive relationship, you don't want to be hurt, abused. And that's true. But peace is not the answer. You know, if it's everything is happy-go-lucky and there's no arguments and there's no conflict in your relationship, you both are dead and you're not growing. You gotta, you gotta argue. You gotta grow. You gotta have fun together. You need to enjoy each other. You know, play like your kids. Don't forget that. You know, I know that, that children who are in abused situations, we feel like we have to grow up, that we're not allowed to play anymore. You're not in the abusive relationship anymore. Play. That is so much fun. It's okay. Be a kid and play because you know your partner is your playmate. Go have fun. I love that you said that. And like in, in real time thinking about those words, I'm like, I've never heard anyone say that before. Right. And, and it's so, I think it's so true. It's about, you know, there should be enjoyment and fun and adventure in it. Right. And, and you pointed to something that, that I thought was really fascinating as well. There's a couple of places I want to go here. It's talking about like there, there should be conflict sometimes. I want to go back to that for a second though, before, and I'm going to ask you about play mm -hmm. as well, but I want to go back to this concept about a little bit of conflict because that feels, um, to me in real time, like trying to understand that, it feels like a necessity, having learned and understand that when you're in peace, there's there's probably a lack of substance or connection or things of that nature. But there are people probably listening, there are people listening right now in the Unbroken Nation are probably like, that makes no sense to me. Why would you ever want conflict in your relationship? And I'd love if you'd break that down a little bit more and explain why that's actually something viable and important in a relationship. Conflict is about growth and and we we as ourselves need to grow and as a couple we need to grow that's how we become so um if you have a disagreement with each other and one likes something or doesn't like something you learning how to resolve that with each other makes it for a better relationship. It makes you get closer. It makes you understand each other better. But it doesn't just do that. It echoes out into your other relationships. You learn, you're, it's in a safe place to learn conflict resolution. It's in a safe place where you know that person loves you 
told you, cares about you, even if they don't like something you did, they love you anyway. And that, that is the relationship you want to be in. So that also echoes because your children now see you doing conflict resolution and still loving each other even when you disagree. And, and when you go to work and you're around your, the people at work, they, they see that you can do really well in conflict resolution and they see hope for them in their conflict resolution. So all that we learn in that little tiny space that between the, the me and my partner, all that, that I learned between that space, it echoes into all of my relationships all around me. And, and learning that conflict resolution in that safe space is where you want to be. Yeah, that's amazing. And that's such a good point, too, because growing up, conflict resolution is probably like something painful, something that hurts, something, you know, detrimental to your to your identity. And as an adult, like that just does not serve you. Right. And so having the ability to communicate effectively, peacefully, calmly, like like I have a no yelling rule in my life straight up. Like you yell at me, I'll tell you one time, like you cannot do that again. If it ever happens again, I'm out. I don't care who you are because like that's part of the for me conflict resolution is can we sit down and have an amicable conversation like adult human beings not letting our, our past and our traumas be what influences that moment and like honestly like because we're humans and we get pissed off at each other sometimes you need to take a fucking break and walk outside and come back in 25 minutes yes, and you do. Down and have the talk right Yes, you do. And often that's very difficult for people who have been in abusive relationships to step away. Not only sometimes do we have a problem with stepping away, we also have a problem with our partner stepping away because of that, that abandonment issue or not knowing what's going to happen next. Sometimes that quiet before the storm led to abuse. So it's very difficult in a healthy relationship to learn that that space is so important you know ray and i disagree if it starts getting heated we go up that no and we take a time out for ourselves and it's kind of like self-parenting you know it's like okay you two need to go to your corners there for a little while and then come back and make up and it, it really it does work because when i walk away i'm like Oh, well, I probably didn't really have to be right. And I really didn't have to like come at that like that. And he does the same thing. We come back together. We're like, yeah, you know, I'm sorry. Yeah, me too. And then we go on and hug and kiss and go on. You know, it, it works really well. That timeout is pretty important. Yeah. And, and it's really interesting to me how often like whatever that thing was you were arguing about had nothing to do with anything. Right. It's the, it's the TV controller. It's the shoes on the floor. You know, it's the toothpaste yeah. in the sink. And you're like, that shit doesn't. That's not even why we're arguing. Right. And so you know, that's oh, yeah. to, a space to move away for just a moment to find peace and clarity. Like it's everything when you're in conflict. I apply that to career, to coaching, to, to everything that I do. And it's been so powerful. You know, I, I want to go back to talking about this idea of play and looking at this experience that we have as, as people who have been through traumatic experiences of not being a lot of the space to explore that. Like I had, I felt like by the time that I was seven years old, I was a grown up and yeah. I, I had so many responsibilities between cooking and cleaning and taking care of my brothers and us walking to school together and like the whole nine. And, and, and it was you know, dealing with just the whole chaos of all that experience, 
I felt like that was taken from me. And, and the word that I actually put into place for this year was fun. And I was like, I'm going to have fun. I'm going to go do shit. I'm going to enjoy my life, spend this money I make. I'm going to get on planes, go on adventures and go do all those things. But I'll be honest, it took me a long time to be able to get to that place because I always felt like there was shame or guilt associated with enjoyment. And so I know one of the things you talk about that I want to dive into is talking about the worthiness of play and, and how someone can get to that place with themselves. Um, the first step to getting to that worthiness of play is to play. And sometimes it's um, playing like a little kid. Now, it might sound a little odd, but go get some sidewalk chalk and go outside and draw pictures with sidewalk chalk. Um, Michael, I totally understand. I was fully responsible for my brother starting, you know, very young, like at four and five, and he's two years younger than me. And and it really was about, you know, mom disappeared for the weekend. I need to feed my little brother. So for for me, playing was not something that that I had the luxury of. And I thought of it as a luxury and not being worthy. Same, you know, the same thing. Uh, go get some sidewalk chalk. Go buy some little squirt guns from Dollar Tree and have a squirt gun fight outside with your partner. Start doing those little things that little kids do. And you know what? If somebody says, oh, you look like a little kid, watch the smile on their face. Watch, watch how, how people react to your joy. Watch how infectious that joy is on other people. Um, I have, if you're interested, I have a free PDF that's got 50 fun things that couples can do. And it is about playing like a little kid. And you get to, you are allowed to. Whatever that play looks like, you get to have fun. Don't let it take the rest of your life to do that. What do you think the impact of that really has on somebody, not only individually, but in relationships? Joy joy, peace, relaxation. Um, you know, every time someone laughs, you release all that stress. You relax on the inside. You breathe in more oxygen. It is, it's a, it's a wonderful thing. I didn't give myself permission to laugh about much of anything. And today I laugh at least once a day. I laugh. I love laughing. I'm like, wow, this is what this is. Oh, cool. You know, making jokes and, and being fun. It, it relaxes me. It's the best stress relief that I know. Meditation is good, but I do really well with laughter. Yeah, I love that. And I, um, you know, I think that's part of the reason that I'm obsessed with stand-up comedy is because it's always been like that thing that brings me just a tremendous amount of joy. And, and I want to go back to that PDF. I know we'll talk about where folks can find that here in just a minute, but could you give us two, three of those things that people can do outside of what you've already mentioned um, oh, that yeah. maybe they can start doing today? Oh, yeah. Um, well, yeah, outside of the things I mentioned, um, the thing that, that my whole um, uh, group of peers that the, the, they laugh about and joke about that they think is really wonderful is Naked Monopoly. <laughs> you can play naked Monopoly. Um, the thing that you don't think about is are things like finger painting, which sounds really silly. You can body paint, but you can finger paint also. 
anything that you could do when you were a kid, you can do together as adults. You can, you know, decide to finger paint on the windows. You know, you never know what those things are going to lead to. All of those things lead to intimacy, joy, laughter, um, fun, all of those things. And they, they can be really small. You do not have to spend a fortune on having fun with your partner. Um, if you're standing in the kitchen, you know, if you think your husband isn't interested in you, uh, go into the kitchen with only an apron on and cook dinner. I promise he'll be interested. You know, it's, it's not, <laughs> it's all kinds of fun things. Um, my husband will walk by and you know, the little, the little sprayer thing for the sink, you know, once in a while, I'll just spray him on purpose with it. And then we play chase around the house over it. You know, it's play, do the stuff. And what did you do? You, you put water somewhere, big deal. Who cares? Yeah. It's just water, you know, and that, that's one of the problems with people who grew up abused or were in abusive situations. It's always, what are the consequences of my play? If I take time to play, then there's going to be something wrong. I'm going to get in trouble. Yeah. And, and what I hear in that is just letting go a little bit of the past so you can be in the present and enjoy your life. Mm -hmm. This has been an amazing conversation. Before I ask you my last question, can you tell everyone where they can find you? They can find me at highestintentcoach.com. Great. And of course, we will put all those links in the bio and the show notes, excuse me. And my last question for you, my friend, is what does it mean to you to be unbroken? What it means to me to be unbroken is freedom. I have the freedom to be who I am, the freedom to give to anyone who wants what I have to offer, the freedom to enjoy my life, the freedom to have goals and have dreams. Freedom. I love that. It's beautiful. <laughs> Very well said, my friend, and could not agree more. Thank you so much for being here. Unbroken Nation, thank you so much for listening. Please like, subscribe, comment, share, tell a friend. And until next time, my friends, be unbroken. I'll see ya. Unbroken Nation, hope that you just got a tremendous amount of value from today's episode. I want to know what you think. Please do me a favor and review, rate, and share the episode with three friends on social media today. It would mean the world if you did, because ultimately at the end of the day, creating community and connection is how we heal generational trauma in the world. And I need your help to do that Unbroken Nation. So if you're on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you are, please like comment, share, review. I want to know not only what you like about the show, but how I can make the show better, how I can make this further about helping you on your healing journey. So do me a favor. And when you do shoot me a screenshot of you making the review to my DM at Michael Unbroken on Instagram so that I can have a conversation with you, say hi, and more importantly, so I can share it with the Unbroken Nation. Thank you so much, my friend. We'll be right back, but I wanted to take a quick moment to tell you about the Think Unbroken six-week trauma healing coaching program. If you go to coaching.thinkunbroken.com, that's coaching.thinkunbroken.com, you can sign up for the six-week daily 
Think Unbroken Trauma Healing Coaching Program. In this program, we're going to go over the six principles of healing trauma, adaptation, understanding the impacts of trauma, how to become the hero of your own story, what to do next, and ultimately what it means to be unbroken. For more information about this six-week coaching program, which you can download as an app on your phone and take with you everywhere, no matter where you are in the world, it's interactive. It's built about giving you practical tools that you can use in real time. And if you're ready for what's next in your life, go to coaching.thinkunbroken.com. Again, that's coaching.thinkunbroken.com. Now let's get back to the show. Hey, my friends, we will be right back to the show, but I have a question for you. Are you struggling with the impact of childhood trauma? Well, know that you're not alone. I'm here to let you know that I'm starting a brand new weekly coaching group that includes a year of live coaching, accountability, support, habit and goal setting, and more. I'm starting a waitlist for the group right now, and I'm only taking a handful of people. And I'll let you know that through this personalized coaching, we'll work together to help you understand how your childhood trauma has shaped your beliefs, behaviors, emotions, and will help you create a roadmap for healing and growth. Right now, you can schedule an absolutely free coaching session with me and get put on the wait list if you go to thinkunbroken.com. My friends, it's your time to turn your trauma into triumph, breakdowns into breakthroughs, and become the hero of your own story. And I'm here to support you in doing that. Just go to thinkunbroken.com to register for a free coaching call with me and to get put on the wait list for the brand new weekly coaching program. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. 